Hello, hello, everyone, and welcome to another exciting episode of the Unplugged Podcast. I am your host, Randy Osei, and today, I'm pumped for this episode today because today we get to talk about something I know a lot of you have seen, heard, and maybe even experienced, simulated sports fan cheering. And I'm joined with the co-founder of the company specializing in this newfound technology, Jason Rubenstein. Jason, how are you today? I'm doing well. Thanks for having me on. Great to speak with you again. Absolutely. Absolutely. Now, something tells me, you know, the pandemic has treated you, you and your business well. Um, but how have you as a founder and entrepreneur been doing through the pandemic? Yeah, I mean, you know, we had our own problems with the pandemic. We had to pivot our business into this solution. Um, you know, it's not something you were working on before March. And when the NBA and NHL uh, paused their respective seasons, we kind of had a discussion and, and felt as if it was likely that fans would not be in stadiums when sports first returned. So we started working on this app immediately to allow people to partake in the event from the comfort of their home. So, you know, I think, I wouldn't say it's treated anyone well, given the circumstance, but you know, definitely introduced a whole host of new problems and a bunch of new paradigms were introduced or in many cases even accelerated that, um, you know, just created an opportunity uh, to work on these kind of new technologies that didn't really have as much need before. Absolutely, absolutely. Now, Jason, take us through your journey. Like, how did you get to hear me cheer, right? People don't just create amazing apps um, and technologies like yours, but Walk us through how you got here. What is your background a little bit? You know, where are you from? So on and so forth. Yeah, so I'm from New Jersey. Um, grew up here and uh, went to college up in Massachusetts and uh, started, or not started, but worked on a, a startup company when I was in college. And um, it's pretty high up there. And essentially what we were doing there was, you know, scouting baseball players and hiring college kids to do so. And that's how I met Elias and, you know, him and I had been talking about different products for a couple of years. And, you know, one of our products that we were working on, we were really uh, excited about launching in, you know, the beginning of the year, like February, March. So um, kind of volatile timing it ended up being given the whole uh, pandemic kind of changing everything. Um, but, you know, my background is in tech and data science and, I've always had an affinity for that. And, you know, I always enjoyed working with data in sports and then just to be better understand the game and understand decisions that were being made and assess these decisions with uh, like probabilistic um, uh, predictions. And essentially I've transferred that knowledge to other products and, you know, I love the industry of sports and, um, the amount of opportunity we create to, you know, just help people at home stay engaged and help teams engage with their fans. We're really excited about. Absolutely. And I think one of the, 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 the cool things that you guys touch on um, is the fan experience. Um, this digital transformation that COVID has, has brought forth is, is changing the everyday fan, right? People aren't following teams anymore. People are following players. Um, you know, uh, a lot of companies and brands are having a hard time engaging with fans. And, you know, the, the finals, the viewership was down, I believe, 20 to 30 percent 
Um, although there, there wasn't a lot of sports, well, there has been a lot of sports on TV recently, uh, you would think that, you know, canceled season, season brought back, NBA finals, the numbers would go through the roof. They were actually a lot worse than last year. How do you see the, you know, the world of sports um, going through this digital transformation? Like, how do you see, how do you see the world of sports kind of figuring this thing out? Because, you know, sports and uh, fan engagement, they're going to have to figure out some things because things are definitely changing on their end. Yeah, for sure. I mean, the, the viewership trends are interesting. There's just so many sports going on at the same time. Like, you know, this time of year, you would never have NBA being played um, and competing with the NFL is something that no sport wants to do. You know, like a Sunday night football game is going to take a material number of viewers away from any other domestic sport. Um, but not, that's not to mention, you know, there's plenty of people overseas and they weren't able to broadcast the games in China until game six so, or game five, I forget which one, but either way, um, either way, the point of the digital fan engagement is, you know, in many of these sports, a high percentage of their viewers are all at home. Like in the NFL, for example, you could have 14 or 15 million viewers for an average game not including like illegal streams or red zone or whatever, just on the like Fox broadcast or CBS. Um, and then you have 50 or 60,000 people in stadium. So they're serving those in stadium ads and collecting a lot of revenue, like a hundred dollars, $150 plus per person from in stadium. But from the people at home, they're really not getting much. So allowing those people at home to connect with their teams and, you know, frankly, many people wouldn't, aren't even able to go see their teams in person. You know, if you're living in California, but you're a Giants fan, a New York Giants fan, it's going to be very difficult for you to ever go to a game unless they're playing, you know, at, in San Francisco. So a chance to connect with them, engage them with your ads and, you know, keep them as part of your community because sports are such a communal activity. People love to interact. Like you have bars that are dedicated to certain teams. You have, you know, Facebook groups and all these things that, allow people to stay in touch. But, you know, during the game itself, I think there's a lot of opportunity there. Absolutely. Absolutely. And opportunities among us, you know, this pandemic has created new opportunities for entrepreneurs to create new solutions. Um, and, you know, Hear Me Cheer is, is one of those solutions. You know, there was, uh, we first read about Hear Me Cheer on, on Forbes and ESPN, and uh, we recently got connected and now we have you on the podcast. Talk to us a little bit about Hear Me Cheer. What is Hear Me Cheer and uh, for our audience to, to understand? Sure. So Hear Me Cheer is a web app. So just go to uh, whatever the website is. Like today, you can go to wfu.hearmecheer.com or you can download the Wake Forest app to partake in their game against Virginia. Or tonight, you can go on espn.hearmecheer.com and cheer for top-ranked boxing. Um, and... What it lets you do is watch the game on your TV or on your on the or on your laptop or whatever device. Then you go to this website on a separate tab, and you just press one button and you're in and you're cheering. Or you can even create a private suite uh, and send it to your friends. You can talk to your friends during the match and have that sound be part of the crowd. So you're allowed to you know partake in your favorite events from the comfort of your home. You don't need to you know, pay hundreds of dollars anymore for tickets to sing your team song, to, you know, boo a, a cheap shot, to to go crazy when you see a big knockout. It's a, I think it's a really cool opportunity for these fans at home to be more part of their favorite events. 
Absolutely. Absolutely. Now, when you realized you had a good idea on your hands, how did you start to get the word out to the leagues like the NBA, MLB, so on and so forth? Just a lot of networking and, you know, talking to people in the industry. And a lot of that was also just gaining advice from these people because, you know, it's a new industry for us that we, we honestly didn't know much about the media space and entertainment. Like we'd been much more in like hardware and technology and like software. So this is a great opportunity to learn more and also talk to them. And you ended up getting a couple articles written because, you know, a lot of these sports writers didn't have as much to write about early on in April, uh, March. So, you know, we thought we offered a, a unique value for them and that allowed us to have a lot of conversations with these leagues that were on hold and they were seeking out solutions. So, um, yeah, I mean, it, it was a, that was definitely a good opportunity and, and plus people being at home and more willing to jump on video calls and do things like this has opened up a lot of doors for us. Absolutely. So in, 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 in a sense, the pandemic, like we, like we asked earlier has been, you know, good for business, right? It's allowed you to connect with a lot more people, cut down the travel time, yeah. um, so on and so forth. Yeah, I mean, there are aspects that are, you know, yeah, there are aspects that are better for sure. Um, or at least different. Um, yeah. Absolutely. Absolutely. Now there's a lot of talk about new technologies coming out of the pandemic. How do you see hear me cheer having longevity coming out of the pandemic in sports? Yeah. So we're working on adding a bunch of new features to let people engage more with other fans and, you know, partake in, uh, competitions with their fellow fans during the game. So right now audio is a huge thing to solve and, um, a big part of our, what we're doing. Um, but as more fans come back to the stadium, we're hoping to introduce new features to engage the fans at home and, and let them and allow the teams to share more of their content with people. You know, it's really difficult to follow a team's Twitter, TikTok, Facebook, Instagram, you know, YouTube channel. There's so many different places where there's content. So the more content we could aggregate and the more that we could share and allow people to interact with each other during the game while also kind of contributing, uh, we think is a great opportunity. Absolutely, absolutely. No, that's definitely some one of those things that you, you need to ensure. You know, one thing that you know we're always telling entrepreneurs is, yes, it's great to build a business, it's great to build a solution for COVID, but at some point COVID's gonna go away, at some point. It could be at the end of this year, next year, whenever it is, it's going to go away. Will your business stand the time past COVID? So it's great to hear that you guys are adding additional features to your product offering. Now, what do you think the overall omni-channel experience looks like for a sports fan when all sports, uh, when all sports start to allow fans back to the stadium? Um, well, you've seen a lot of these platforms rising up, like Twitch is getting into live events, like Hulu and all these alternative streaming platforms that are showing live sports and offer their own engagement features such as chat. And, you know, um, I mean, some of them are introducing more like gamification. Uh, so as people return to the stadium, that's still just a small percentage of the overall uh, event. I mean, you'll have like small minor league events that generally will have, you know, 60 plus percent of their audience in venue, but or an NFL game, NBA, Premier League, all the big leagues, you know, like take the Dallas Mavericks, for example, they have, you know, millions of fans in Europe for Luka Doncic and Kristaps Porzingis and 
you know, they want to sign Giannis too. That would just add to the European fire for them. And it's a huge opportunity to let those fans be part of the event because frankly, none of the fans there are going to be able to go to Dallas Mavericks games unless they have like an exhibition in Europe. So, um, you know, I think as sports globalize, it's really important to create new avenues for monetization and for engagement. Absolutely. Now, you know, I kind of consider you as a thought leader in this space. Um, what's your take on, you know, the Tokyo 2021 Olympics, knowing that they are running the Olympics no matter what happens with the pandemic? Yeah, I mean, look, I, I think that it's a volatile situation. I think that there's a lot of moving pieces and, you know, 2021 is three months away and the Olympics are a huge event. And the, the idea is really just keep everyone safe. And, you know, the Olympics mean so much to all the participants that it's really hard to, to cancel it. Like these are people who have dedicated in many cases, their entire lives to a certain activity, just trying to participate in, you know, two or three different Olympics. Cause you know, they're every four years, you don't have an opportunity to do it every year. Like you do in basketball, like in the NBA or in the MLS or whatever. So um, I think it's important that the Olympics happen. I think that it has to be done safely, but I certainly understand the need to make it happen. And, you know, the athletes really want it to happen as long as everyone stays safe. So whether there's limited attendance or anything along those lines, um, I, I mean, it's hard not to kind of, kind of understand where those athletes are coming from when they, they want to have it happen no matter what. Absolutely. Absolutely. Yeah, I know the NBA was able to complete its bubble. It did an amazing job at uh, completing the bubble, no coronavirus cases. You know, the MLB is going through their own bubble and the NFL. Uh, I don't even know what kind of bubble you want to call that. Um, but safety is at the forefront for a lot of these leagues. And um, it's, it's, it's interesting to see, um, you know, the NBA just completed their season. Um, but then you read all these articles like, well, you know, the toughest road is actually ahead of them right? You know, before it was just putting the bubble together. Now they've done it and things are getting harder. Um, how do you see, you know, leagues like the NBA, NFL, NHL move forward with this pandemic looming, in your opinion? Yeah, I mean, there's a lot of uh, aspects to consider with the NBA bubble. I mean, it was a very successful in the sense that coronavirus didn't get in there. But, you know, there were a lot of players that expressed that they were having mental health issues, being away from their family, being stuck in a single hotel comp or a few hotel complex for months on end. It's obviously really difficult to do that, I imagine. I mean, I'm sure a lot of people at home are having similar types of anxiety being home for months on end. Um, you know, it's really difficult to deal with that, although I think the NBA was really successful with what they did, given that they accomplished the goals that they set out to accomplish. Uh, and also from there, you had plenty of new and exciting uh, content shared by players like Matisse Thibel had his own YouTube channel that started getting a ton of traction before the Sixers got eliminated. And, you know, JaVale McGee was putting out great content on YouTube as well. So I think those, as we have these kind of more unique experiences, it's really cool to see the player's perspective and they did a great job of leveraging technology to expand their brand. As for how I see it going forward, you know, it, I think we're kind of going to deal with what, um, with what the coronavirus environment allows for. 
it's really difficult for the NFL to quarantine. And, you know, the main concern is about coaches getting sick and, you know, high risk players getting ill. So I think what they're doing is great. You know, they're going to reschedule games. They're going to have it be played eventually. You know, the worst case scenario they could do is they could just put four weeks on at the end of the regular season and say, Hey, like if this game's canceled, we're going to play it in week 20 or 21 or something. So I think the games will get played eventually. Um, but obviously, you know, the obvious challenge is you can lose a game, but, you know, if you lose your life, you're never going to get to play the game again. So, you know, everyone wants to stay healthy and we're, people are being cautious, uh, but, you know, it's just the stakes are so high for a lot of these sports that they, the show kind of has to go on. I mean, it's tough to say. I mean, I, 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 I understand the difficulty of the problem. Absolutely. Absolutely. And it is difficult, you know. Teams are losing money, sponsorship revenue. I read this morning um, with the NBA, you know, the patch, right? The, right. the patch they put on jersey. It, you know, it was doing great for businesses. Well, with viewership going down, a lot of brands are now looking at the patch as a luxury as opposed to marketing or advertising right. opportunity. So, you know, at a time where, you know, where sports leagues, teams, brands, everyone's essentially losing revenue. How is your company approaching the sales calls in the sports world? And what has the feedback been from your clients so far with your platform? Yeah, so the idea for us is to allow teams to make money from Hear Me Cheer. So they can put their biggest sponsors on our pages and you know they could activate sponsors and make good obligations in that way. You know, our fans that go on the platform love using it. A lot of them have told us that it's a game changer for them being at home and allows them to connect with their team in brand new ways that they really didn't think were ever possible. You've seen a rise in home gating where people are investing in their personal setups to watch games in their, in their basements. So, um, you know, we think that trend's just going to continue. Uh, yeah, of course there are plenty of teams that have laid off athletic personnel. Like I read about the university of Utah laying off their entire or furloughing their entire athletics department and, you know, frankly, it's happened to a lot of companies around the world. But at the end of the day, we've worked with a bunch of innovative, forward-thinking uh, clients that, you know, I think really see how they can engage with their fans at home and are set on doing that. Um, like we partook in uh, uh, an accelerator program that through Hype Sports Innovation. And it was great to talk to a lot of teams and hear what of a lot of our other fellow companies are working on to advance their agendas towards, you know, connecting these fans at home in brand new ways. It, you know, there were always fans at home, but the impetus is now much greater on reaching them. Absolutely. Absolutely. No, I think this, this, this speaks to the digital transformation, literally, right? You guys are yeah. solving a solution that's going to live on for, for a, a, a long time. Um, people are going to, always want to find ways to engage. And um, I'm excited to see you guys continue to grow. Uh, question for you in and around, you know, being a SaaS, right? Software as a, a sub subscription. You know, a lot of our ecosystem understands selling SaaS into customers. But what would you say is different about selling technology into sports leagues and teams? Sure. Um, so, the main difficulty really is a lot of these leagues are top down where you, they're long-term deals that you have to, you know, talk to people at the league office and it's tough to break in through individual teams, but 
you know, in the cases that their teams are allowed to make their own decisions, we've had a lot of success in, you know, integrating with them and helping them reach their fans. Um, you know, obviously you need to have the approval from the league, but um, some are just more fragmented than others. It's, um, you know, it's difficult. Like sometimes we'll reach out to someone and they'll say, and they'll reply saying, oh, I'm on furlough. I, I can't really help with this. So that's a really difficult situation that, you know, we've had to deal with. Um, and obviously um, we just express our regards and, you know, move on to trying to find someone else who can help us. So it, sometimes it's like throwing darts to find the right person, but, you know, a lot of times we've had people reach out to us and um, very thankful for the kind of publicity there. Absolutely. Absolutely. Now, hear me cheer. Um, amazing platform. Jason, thank you so much for joining us today and continuing, you know, the, the, the journey and, and sharing more. What are the goals for Hear Me Cheer, you know, as you look towards 2021? So, I mean, it's just a volatile situation. You know, I don't know what the next three months are going to look like. Um, and definitely not the three months after that. For 2021, we'd want to keep adding features to our platform and letting fans engage with teams from home. Um, you know, whether there are fans in the stadium or not, we're really just focused on our mission of letting fans at home be part of their favorite events. Um, yeah, I mean, at, as there are more developments from the coronavirus that's and how we're containing it, that is definitely up in the air and uh, an influence on, you know, what the most important factors will be for us, for sure. Absolutely, absolutely. Jason, thank you so much for joining us today for another great episode of the Unplugged podcast. Um, before I let you go, I have, you know, one question. I'm a big health and wellness guy. You know, I, I got to take care of myself. And, and I understand as an entrepreneur, we all wear multiple hats, you know, we're the head of sales, head of everything until, you know, we kind of figure it out. But what are, what are your self-care tips? Like, how does Jason take care of Jason so Jason can be the best Jason to help grow Hear Me Cheer? I mean, I think it's great to just at the end of the day, be able to talk to your family and your friends and, you know, stay close with people, whether it's through text or FaceTiming people or, you know, just phone calls. It's, it's really important to keep those connections strong because there's a lot of times when you're working from home all day and, you know, not leaving a room and barely going outside that it can feel pretty lonely. So it's important to make those connections strong and, you know, it has a very significant impact on your work effectiveness as well. Cause you know, when you're mentally not in the right place, it's difficult to be a hundred percent all the time. So I'd say that's a huge thing, um, honestly, and, and continuing to have hobbies and whether they're different than things you used to do as hobbies, just finding new things to focus your attention on for enjoyment are really important. Absolutely. Absolutely. Ladies and gentlemen, you heard it here first. Jason Rubenstein from Hear Me Cheer, the co-founder of an amazing platform that allows fans to engage with some of their favorite sports teams. Jason, thank you so much once again for joining us on the Unplugged podcast. Everyone, I am your host once again, Randy Ose, and thanks for joining us. Thanks again. Thank you for having me.